My name is Paula Messina. I'm here with Dia Azuni and Abdullah Filfilan. Um, we're in New York mm -hmm. and Dia and Abdullah, you guys came from Saudi Arabia. And can you just tell me a little bit about why you're here first? Yeah, well, thank you for having us, Paula. And uh, we're here because a, 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 for a cultural exchange program through music. We got invited by uh, King Abdulaziz Cultural Center in Dammam, which is connected to Aramco. And uh, the guys who made this possible are the Middle East Institute. Uh, so yeah, we're here in New York. We've been, we've been uh, two days ago, we've been to uh, Burlington in Vermont. It was an amazing show. The people were great. They loved us. And we participated with uh, Group Anwar, which is a Middle Eastern musical group uh, run by uh, Mr. Anwar uh, Aga, which is a Syrian composer and songwriter, and the rest of the groups are American artists who are playing Middle Eastern music and instruments, which is cool. And uh, we're here in New York uh, to uh, do actually three nights. We did uh, we did Hunter College yesterday, and we did a uh, circle group talking about music and how it's uh, how it's improving in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia, and what connects it to the music in the West, and. Tonight we're gonna play at Brick in Brooklyn, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, we usually play uh, in, uh, instrumentals through my recently formed band, me and Abdullah, it's Hijaz. We play jazz music together with Hijazi and Arabic music, fusion style. But Talal, my vocals from my previous band, Al Farabi, which is my first band formed and still formed, uh, he joined us from Connecticut to sing us to sing with us actually three songs from Al Farabi's album, which is cool. So yeah, I hope cool. that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And can you guys tell me a little bit about well, first of all, how Libra Production started, yeah. how your band started? Well, uh, since I was a kid, I, I listened to a lot of uh, music in in high school on the radio, and I started playing guitar, and then I started working after that. Uh, I would say three years after graduating from high school, I started working in production as a sound engineer at the studio. I was managing the studio. Uh, a friend of mine just introduced me to some softwares and hardware in the studio. was recording voiceovers and stuff. And then I got more involved in production, like filming and that stuff, boom operating. I took a course in, that, uh, in boom operating and handling mics on set. And then I loved the field because it connects to music as well. So I got the chance to go study in Liverpool in SAE. School of Audio Engineering in 2008. I graduated in 2010 and came back to Saudi. I formed the mini Libra Productions back then. It's a small studio, rented a small office, fixed the studio, bought stuff online, softwares, hardwares, and microphones. And I started the first independent record label in Saudi Arabia at that time, uh, in Jeddah specifically, supporting talents who needed a studio, who needed experience to record uh, stuff like rock, jazz, Arabic music, modern Arabic music, fusion stuff, voiceovers, ads, and you know, all that stuff that connects to audio engineering and music production. So I formed Libra Productions, and then three years after that, we expanded and we made Libra Productions as a full production house. Cinematics, photography, uh, infographics, audio engineering, music production, voiceovers, and animation, and all that stuff. And it's doing so well so far. 
And the record label? The is... record label, it's Libra Productions as well. And I've released a lot of albums. I've recorded a lot of albums. I've recorded the first Saudi female guitarist's album. Her name is Adwa Dakhil. And now she's so famous back home. She has like around 500,000 followers on Instagram only. And she graduated double major from Boston. And I recorded an album for a band called Breaking the Boundaries. They're like alternative rock. And I recorded a couple of albums for Al-Farabi, which is my band. And I released my album. Recorded a lot of hip-hop hits and hip-hop records, which are online. I've participated in a lot of movies regarding music scoring. There's two movies coming out this year. The first one was produced in LA uh, by a Saudi team, a Saudi director. His name is Mohammed Al-Sultan. It's called No Refuge. It's about a Syrian girl who, who, who seeked refuge after the war to Europe. And they shot the whole thing in LA. And I did the whole music for it with a group of uh, amazing musicians back home. And I worked also on the upcoming, a, uh, upcoming spiritual movies. It's called uh, Jude. It's basically produced by Aramco. It shows the beauty of Saudi Arabia. And it's 90 minutes worth of beauty shots and only music. And I participated on this music with the composer Jerry Lane who did the music for the movie Veep. It was an it was an Oscar nominated movie. So he get to come to the studio and he saw Saudi Arabia and he like spent a lot of time at the studio and it was an amazing experience. So that's Libra Productions in brief. Great. And well, can you tell me a little bit about <coughs> just the community of musicians? Like how was it to kind of, you yeah. know, start this mm -hmm. space for yeah. and how did the community <coughs> kind of help and participate exactly. yeah well the community in music it's been there since ages since music is part of the culture of of our people in saudi arabia even before islam came uh music and poetry basically these two they do not split at all and uh they do not go apart uh, they're always together so basically what helped us what helped us in the music scene we have like two music scenes we have the independent music scenes we have those guys who are playing in bands like rock, metal, jazz, all like the modern, the modern influenced and the Western influenced music, and there's like the cultural music, which is evolving, which is evolving into Arabic pop music, and the cultural music. So I've been working with both. Both are like uh, both gave me a lot of advantages in in, in evolving and in uh, getting bigger and bigger and well known there, and supportive. Uh, but when I started my first musical experience it was through metal music actually and rock i formed a rock band a metal band i started recording my own stuff at home and then i'm i've recorded them like i've released them through libra productions i did like i would say three metal records they're all metal like heavy metal musical musical bands from saudi arabia so i was in that scene and then i was in the other scene for a bit and now i'm on i'm in old scenes you know like as a producer producer, songwriter, sometimes as a sessionist or a musician, just to give tips and and to give like advices to those who don't know how, how to record at a studio or how to produce an album well. So yeah, these are the scenes and they're in, they're like they're improving a lot, of course, as we said before through social media. Mm -hmm. Social media is helping a lot basically. It's doing like I would say 90% of the work. Yeah. And, but when you started with this with metal yeah there was like no that. social media so there was did, no youtube <laughs> how did you yeah. like what tell me like what was your well the, the first process? time i i bought my guitar there was like no internet and then internet was in dial-up so it was so slow we used to download tablature tablature papers from like guitartabs.com and all that stuff and we used to learn them by ear 
uh, we didn't we we have some CDs, but I have I I still have my cassette tapes cassette tapes. Uh, I remember buying my first cassette tape. I think it was Creed Human Clay. Yeah, and then I bought a lot of uh, other stuff like uh, Sarah McLachlan, Nora Jones, Metallic, all that stuff. So uh, yeah, we used to listen to stuff and play. There was no social media. Our social media was actually actual, actual, real human socializing. So basically, we get together, we jam, we take experience from each other. It's like, oh, this guy's better than me. I should learn from him. You know, there was no competition, which is so amazing. And and uh, thankfully, some of the guys who taught me were still connected. We still play together in bands. We still play together at the studio. I I'm recording for some of them <clears> as well. Yeah, so it's it was so cool. I wish we can go back there. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I don't know what what was it about that that way of being Social a musician. Art, yeah, it it felt so real. It mm -hmm. felt more real than now, I guess. So now, how do you compare it to social media? People oh, are kind it's, of like yeah, learning from each other. Yeah, we, yeah, it's 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 ma it's making things easier, but sometimes it's overwhelming. Like if I take a picture, I have to put it all everywhere like on facebook on instagram okay i need to snapchat this but i, I always focus on some, yeah when it comes to social media i'm focusing on instagram and soundcloud uh maybe abdullah here he's focusing on snapchat more because he has a lot of followers on snapchat but uh sometimes it's overwhelming but but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that it's not good it's an amazing tool to socialize and reach people all over and what are, you think, the advantages of it, considering, okay, maybe the restrictions in Saudi Arabia on oh, yeah. music? Oh, yeah. People people got, before social media, people didn't have a platform to talk. They didn't have a platform to express themselves. But now, especially, I think, I think we are the most popular Twitter users in Saudi Arabia. Mm. We are number one Twitter users in the world. Yes. Uh, we use Twitter a lot. And even the government got so flexible, like dealing with people <clears throat> through Twitter. They help people through Twitter. Like if you see something wrong, just tweet about it and we'll deal with it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things that we couldn't imagine that would happen in Saudi Arabia or would change. Twitter changed it because of the people who were talking. Because, oh, now everything is obvious. Everything is clear. Everyone can know this and that through Twitter or through social media or whatever. So this helped us a lot. It changed a lot of things for us. And also, it gave us, it gave us uh, digital platforms to express ourselves, whether art artistically, or musically, or even politically. And then I want you to talk a little bit about um, maybe the difference between like private spaces and public spaces, <laughs> and where Twitter kind of fall and social media falls in between that, and it kind of you know for musicians, you know, performing live, like yeah. you have. Well, now, because we have the, uh, the General Entertainment Authority of Saudi Arabia. So basically, this authority made things easier for artists and whatever event you have. So before, in, in, case, in case you want to do an event, you have to go check with a lot of sections in the government. You know, the government, the police, the fire department, to go, all the approvals. But now the authority made, made it easier. Just go to the authority, give them your event brief, if it approves, they'll give you the paper. That's it. They'll do everything for you. And they will secure your safety as well. Regarding anything. Regarding the fire department, the police, the traffic police, whatever. It's the same as here. They're getting a lot of influence from Dubai and the US to do these things. Which is a good thing. So basically, they're helping us a lot now to rent venues, 
whether whether it's public or private. But of course, it's always public when it comes to public because you're selling tickets. Uh, so you have to go through them. Otherwise, they'll just stop the event. You might be uh, you might go to jail for this because you're selling tickets without informing the government. So it's illegal. Mm-hmm. It's like a black market thing. So basically, uh, they're helping a lot. We have we have private venues. We have we have also public venues. For example, if I have the budget through a sponsor to make an event, I would just rent a hotel venue and invite all the people and sell tickets and get the papers. We've been to a lot of events like these. Artistic galleries, playing music in them. Uh, one of the best events that we've been to, it was in Riyadh, it was called Vintage. It was like a, uh, it was a gathering of vintage cars that was owned by princes and kings. There was Queen Elizabeth uh, Bentley, I think, no, Rolls Royce, and King Abdulaziz's Rolls Royce was there. And we were in the middle of this whole circle on a stage playing music. And it was so amazing. And it was public. Anyone could get it. But I would say, like, five years before, we couldn't have that so easy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's getting well and well. It's getting better. Mm-hmm. And thanks to the entertainment authority. There are no, say, like concert venues no there concert is halls. it there started are. yeah they, there is it's been it's been there since mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. but they got they got uh, inactive i would say 15 years ago because of what happened you know in in in, in, in the country regarding like religiously and stuff to avoid to avoid extremism but now uh, the government is supporting art and uh we have a lot of artists who started their gigs and they're being sold out in days, in two days, and sometimes in one night. And uh, they're doing these gigs in new venues. Actually, we have a huge modern, uh, it was built, I would say, three years ago, a huge f- football stadium. It's called Al Johara, the Diamond. And it's huge. And it has a stage as well. It has a venue that it's hosting now a lot of musicians and singers. And they're selling te- tickets and they're doing so well. A lot of people that are attending uh, because these musicians are from Saudi Arabia and all these past years they're playing all over around Saudi Arabia. They're going to Dubai, Egypt, Lebanon, Bahrain, Kuwait, they're visiting Paris, they're visiting London, you know what I mean? They're going Mm -hmm. to the US as well, but now they have the chance to play at their hometown. I was wondering, you know, you went to the UK for a while, you worked there. What was it like coming back to Saudi and kind of, what was that decision that you made to go back to where you're from? Well, my visa ended. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I stayed there for like a month after my visa ended. (laughs) Yeah, it it was okay. I was a student. I was, I was insured financially, so they didn't worry about that. But I applied for jobs. It was so competitive. There was a lot of competition. Even my English friends, they didn't find jobs after graduating. They kept working. So, but I had a plan. I was working on a plan, and it went well. I was playing in like in a group, a fusion group. We didn't name the group actually back then, but it was a fusion group, and we had a lot of gigs planned all over Liverpool and Manchester, and also Birmingham, I guess. Uh, no, only Liverpool and Manchester, playing in pubs and 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 venues. It was going so well, but I had to go back because my visa ended. And uh, when I went back, I uh, realized that I got a lot of experience from Liverpool, especially in music. Me and my friend Sami, he was from Syria, he lived in Lebanon. We were like the only two Middle Eastern students. And there was my friend Tamir, uh, Tamir also, he was from Istanbul, he was from Izmir, from Turkey. We are like the three most students who booked the studio at college. We, booked, we used to book it almost like three days a week. 
because uh, we want to use it a lot. We want more experience because we know that when we go back, we don't have these facilities in, at home. Uh, we might have them, but they're so expensive. So yeah, I took all that experience back home and I started Libra Productions basically. I didn't want to stop. Yeah, even I had a lot of uh, downs uh, and I had a lot of like bumps when I came back. No one wanted to hire me because they didn't know, they didn't even understand what, what I did and what I do. I'm a sound engineer. Okay, you're a sound engineer, so you fix stuff. No, I don't fix stuff. I create stuff as well. So yeah, I didn't find a good job, even because there was no social media. Like in 2010, YouTube just started mm -hmm. two years before that, I guess. And it was like still a little bit of a new thing to them. But two years after that, or one year after that, it was brilliant. They realized, oh, we need these guys who works in, who works in media and multimedia and sound and picture or whatever, creative guys. Mm -hmm. So it went well. So, yeah. And you talked about this difference, you know, these two different sides of the music industry. You know, there's the very commercial yes, side the very, and there's the independent, independent sides. Did yes. you ever, did you interact with the very commercial side? Yes, I did. And I'm, I'm still interacting yeah. with them. Yes. I record to some of the artists in the commercial also because you know what happens in Saudi if you're a commercial artist basically it's the same thing as here if you're a commercial artist pop artist let's compare it maybe to some of the new ones like I would say Nicki Minaj for example she'll get a song ready to her, for her to perform she'll get their lyrics coming to her sometimes she writes her own rapping lyrics but you know there's people who are doing everything like there's a songwriter there's a lyricist and there's a composer and then the artists come into the studio ready to do everything because everything is on a plate. So it's the same for us. Like, for example, if you're a pop commercial artist in Saudi Arabia, you if you don't write your own music, you get someone to write it, someone to uh, compose it, you know, and someone to arrange it for you. Uh, we call it arrangement, musical arrangement, basically, uh, to know which instruments to use in the studio and then someone to write the lyrics. So, and also we have something called as a guide, recorded guide. So basically they come to the studio, someone comes to the studio, they record a guide of the vocals to the musician. So he can, when he comes to the studio, he would be ready just to practice on that and then adds his touch or her touch. So these, these steps are always helpful for me as a studio owner or production company uh, establishment. So, uh, they give us a lot of work like someone comes to record like percussion someone wants to record a guide someone wants to record a final take someone wants to like compose music for for their video like i do a lot of video composition like local commercials uh documentaries and stuff like that but when it comes to the commercial side of music yes i involve i'm involved with them through the studio and sometimes through live sometimes uh but mostly at the studio Yes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes through connections, someone calls me, okay, I need this kind of instrument. Do you have it? Oh, yes, I have this guy for you. So I connect them. <laughs> Happy, 
Yeah, we have a lot of women musicians in the commercial side and they're doing so well financially mm-hmm. and they're doing so well like socially uh, because one of, the, one, of our, one of our main attractions when it comes to music and singing is weddings as I told you before in our session uh, two days ago I spoke about that because you know what, what it is is like uh, when it comes to weddings in Saudi Arabia especially people spend a lot of money in weddings they love doing that because they it's a wedding in the end it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing so basically they bring musicians they bring singers female or male musicians or both sometimes if it's if it's a huge wedding and uh, what makes this uh, helpful for the musicians and the singers especially the females because we have in our culture if there's a wedding there there's a female day and there's a separate male day or if it's joint it's the same as well but mostly there's a female day because it's it, because you know a lot of uh, a lot of couples they don't afford they can't afford two days two nights so they prefer the female night so females can celebrate and dance and do whatever and sing and the men they just uh, get together and talk and eat sometimes we there's music as well but if they afford it they can do it so when it comes to the females they get to play with musicians and sing with musicians and it's good for the session musicians, the sessionists, to make money out of it, to make experience out of it. Uh, such as Abdullah here, he plays in a lot of weddings with one of the main, uh, like, uh, fam- famous artists back in Saudi. So yeah, and uh, it's a good thing for them. And but when it comes to the uh, to the females, especially in the commercial side of music, uh, they're getting a, a lot of good uh, record deals with the big companies. They're recording singles. They're doing video clips all over and uh, they're releasing albums uh, and uh, their their rate is getting higher and higher when it comes to payments which is a good thing and when it comes to the independent side for the female singers and musicians we have a lot as well we have uh, we have a lot of pianists who are putting their stuff online uh, i know i know two saudi girls who are singing and producing music here in the us actually they have video clips and they have albums on SoundCloud, which is great. Uh, there's also, uh, there's also, I know like a couple of bands or like formed by females and girls in Saudi Arabia. They're doing, they're doing okay as well. And uh, yeah, but I would say the commercial side is, is more thriving for the females mm-hmm. when it comes to music. Yeah. And have you, you have a, you came up with a series called Open, Open, Open Mic. Mic. Yes. And I was wondering if every, well, if you can tell us a little bit about that, but also are, were there any mm-hmm. women yeah. on, on your the show? The first episode was a girl, actually. Mm-hmm. We released two, two pilots on our YouTube page in Libra Productions. The first episode was uh, shot, I would say, four years ago when I had the, when I basically had the first idea of Open Mic. 
we uh, we did an episode with Adwa Dakhil, the one I talked about previously. She did, she plays the guitar. She's the first uh, Saudi girl who who who, who releases uh, a musical instrumental album, which is a cool thing. So I the first episode was. And it's on YouTube. You can just search "open mic Adwa," A D W A Adwa, open mic. You can find the episode. The next pilot was a uh, was a fusion collaboration of hip hop, Arabic music, and alternative singing of English. It was cool. So open mic. Basically, the idea of open mic. The the idea of open mic is the uh, is to support local musical talents, mm -hmm. uh, whatever their genre is through producing high quality video and audio stuff and putting it online on YouTube. And I just finished producing 10 episodes and I had a meeting with uh, one of the top YouTube channels in the Middle East. I had a meeting in Dubai and they approved the episode and the guy just texted me yesterday. He said, I need you to send me these episodes as soon as possible. So the first thing I'm going to do when I go back home, I'm going to send, I'm going to email him all the high res files so he can just work on it and create the channel. Hopefully you guys can watch it soon. And like, how did you produce these? Are you do you also do I, video I, and your kind yes, of yes, we produced it from scratch. The idea, we designed the logo through a friend of mine in Egypt. Our director Saleh Mohammed, he did the uh, he did the the direction, and also there's Safwan who was who's uh, who's an Indian friend of mine and a Pakistani friend of mine in Saudi. He did the art directing, and Mohammed uh, he did the production management, and there was Seal, my assistant on sound. I was producing and as well co-directing with Saleh and it was so amazing it was an amazing experience but of course we did it from our own pocket mm -hmm. I did I did 10 episodes like collaborating with these guys until we get to sponsor it and get the money back hopefully from sponsorship and views I yeah. thought this was so cool because um, you know at the event at NYU we kind of talked about one of the other attendants mentioned, you know, oh, Saudi Arabia kind of came late to the game in a way, like, yeah. of like developing its own music scene and something. But I feel like something like this, like open mic, is something that, you know, we see popping up here yeah. in the States. People exactly. have started producing these things now, and you guys are producing the same things. Exactly. So, like, do you think Saudi Arabia is behind in, in any way? Well, uh, you know what? They're behind, maybe, I would say, internationally. But nationally, they're in the top. Like, I mean, in the Middle East, like the top artists, I would say they're from Saudi Arabia. They're so popular in the Middle East, uh, together with the other countries. But internationally, I guess so. Like, no one listens to Saudi music here. But we listen to, to, to English music back, back in, uh, like, American and English music, pop music, rock music back in Saudi. It's all over the world because of the media, I guess. And because of the movies and Hollywood and all that stuff, you know, it's spreading it. But uh, I think, yeah, internationally we are behind because uh, I think because of the world, because how the world goes, to be honest. It's like what, happen, what happened now with Korean pop. It's getting so popular everywhere. I don't know. I think it's because out, maybe it's after like uh, Gundam style. I think it started after that. So sometimes things happen like a coincidence happen and it just starts things. Mm -hmm. So I hope Open Mic does that. Yeah, are you producing new episodes or is this just uh, we're gonna test what happens with these because these 10 episodes I'm considering mm -hmm. them as pilots you know what I mean so we'll see what happens uh, the rate views and all that stuff but we have a huge list of talents I, I assume we have like more than 40 episodes to deal with 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I collected most of my uh, database of musicians and artists to record for them. And everyone was willing to do it for free because they need this support, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But hopefully we can also pay the artists in the future. And what do you think um, makes the Saudi music scene unique? I think the uh, cultural part of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, the cultural part of it. What makes it unique? The uh, I would say the originality of the instruments, the beats, and the lyrics, and the way we do music. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's so unique. It has it has also it has a unique uh, like feel of it, especially when it comes to beats. Like when you, it's it's pretty similar to the to Egyptian music, when it comes to beats and feel. Okay, ah, oh, that that's Egyptian music. You know what I mean? Or Indian music. It has a very original taste to it, part of the culture, mm-hmm. yes. And your music is often described as, you know, a fusion yeah. of many different... Yes, our music is fusion. But thank mm-hmm. God, now we have a certain sound. When people listen to it, oh, this is Al-Farabi, for example. Mm-hmm. Because the way it's produced, the way it's merged together, especially the Ayud, the Ayud and, the, and the piano, and the acoustic drums together, like it's a fusion of classic rock and Arabic music. So they get to feel, oh, this this is Al-Farabi immediately because of the sound. So we try to maintain our sound. There's a certain like production, I mean, I mean creativity line. We do not cross because if we cross this line, we'll be like, uh, we'll be damaging our sound. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for example, we don't use a lot of effects or synthesizers. We just keep, because I have, I have a certain belief that if I sound live like the record or if I sound on the record like the live version of the song then i'm doing i'm doing great you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's in i keep it natural if your live performance matches your your or, recording or sometimes it's better mm-hmm. which is good you know i have just a very unrelated question to, yeah, to sure. you Go know ahead. conversation of now but i was just wondering what your earliest kind of musical memory was yeah certain there's a lot of listen to yeah um, i used to sing a lot you know <laughs> Yeah, that's that's funny. You know, when Toy Story One came out, it came out with the uh, with the Arabic version, and I went to the Disney store back home when I was a kid, and I found this tape machine which is themed on the Toy Story movie, and it had one tape with it, so you get to buy the cassette player with the Toy Story theme and the cassette inside. So it has both sides. The first the first side of the cassette was the English version of uh, of the song, I have a friend in me. And then the second side is the, the Arabic version of I have a friend in me, which is Ana Ana Sadiq. So I used to play this all over. I used to sing it in the toilet. I used to sing in the shower. I used to sing it in my room, me and my young sister. So that was one of the most brilliant like memories. Also all the cartoons, you know, mm-hmm. but this one specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one got oh, me. That. Yeah, this one got me to, to sing a lot and love music, actually. It was an amazing song. It's, it's still the most, one of the most amazing movies. Well, is there anything else you'd like to... Those are the questions I kind of had for you, but I want to leave the microphone open also to... <laughs> I think right. we covered a lot. Yeah? I think we covered right, most of it. You You're so welcome. Much. Thank you so much.